Ho, 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 and happy holidays. Christmas is upon us, and we've got a whole mix of stuff to talk about in this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. I'm Chad Lachance, and you're listening to Fishful Thinker, the podcast. All things fishful, all the time. Hey guys, Chad Lachance here. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast brought to us as always by the fine folks at Sportsman's Warehouse. Visit them in any one of 140 plus stores nationwide or at sportsmans.com. Merry Christmas, people. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever's appropriate for you, I say happy times right now. This is a big week in the... In the markets, I suppose, in the family times, in the just the year in general, it's a really big week as we head into Christmas here in the next couple of days and New Year's the following weekend. And to be honest, it's a week that I really get fairly nostalgic, so to speak, in my old age. And I'm in my 50s now, and I feel like that uh, I'm beyond maybe the Christmas magic in some ways, and it becomes more of a week of nostalgia, looking back on the year for me, and uh, and also looking forward to next year some as well. And I spent most of today uh, fishing with a neighbor of mine, a guy who's about as polar opposite of an angler as me as you could get. I'm a hardcore you know, flies and artificial lures and fancy technology and, and, you know, all the nuances and maximizing your catch and all of those things. And my neighbor, who's a little bit older than I am, is total opposite. Has one fishing rod, half the time he's got a night crawler and a split shot and that's it. And uh, he reels upside down and backwards even. And yes, I'm poking fun at him for it and he knows it. And we've done that for 20 years living next to each other. But uh, the point of all that is that fishing is about camaraderie. And for this time of year, um, it's just, uh, it's a blessing. I mean, the outdoors in general, not just fishing. It's a lot of you are in hunting seasons right now. It's an absolute blessing to me, and it's my biggest blessing of the year to the point that I'm well beyond worrying about gifts. If I get any gifts for Christmas or physical gifts this year for Christmas from anybody, I'll be I'll be surprised legitimately. Uh, it's just not a, a key thing for me, but I do take this time of the year to force myself to spend time with the people that I really enjoy spending time with. And by force myself, I mean weather might not be great, it might not be real convenient, Whatever whatever's going on is irrelevant. It's the time of year to get out and spend some time with other people. So when my neighbor came over, knocked on the door, and I was supposed to be here, uh, you know, working in my office, and he, hey, let's go fishing. Okay, let's go. And so we did, and we caught several fish, had a great time doing it. Uh, I think our, our trophy catch for today was about a 11 inch stalker rainbow. And there's the other thing that I wanna talk about a little bit is besides just the camaraderie of fishing, it's the fact that it's about the fishing itself, not the catching. It's about the time stand there on the side of the lake with a, with a task at hand, a simple goal, uh, you know, they say fishing is an endless series of occasions for hope and standing there with a the neighbor uh, and, and just casting and casually talking. I literally carried one lure and he carried one lure and that's it. Uh, it's, it's just really fun and it's, and it's worth it for your mental, you know, sanity, stability, whatever you want to call it. Some people call it therapy, some people call it their church, whatever you want to call it. 
Time in the outdoors is so good for the soul that it cannot be overstated. And every time life gets crazy for me, and life gets crazy for me, I might be a professional fisherman and TV show host, and people say, oh, man, that's great, that's great. And it is, and I'm very lucky, and I'm very blessed, and I've realized that I'm very lucky and I'm very, very blessed. But that doesn't mean I don't have the same thing that you have with whatever job it is you have. Frustrations at times, maybe, you know, ready to pull your hair out, don't like the way the industry's going, don't like the way whatever, something, whatever it is that makes it work, that makes you get paid for it, will wear on you. And fishing is no different. So I have to sometimes remind myself that, okay, I've been doing this for 20 years. You still can't take the good times for granted. The bad times are just that. They're bad times. Everybody has them in every line of work. So what do I do? I go outside. When that gets to be the case, I remind myself why I got into teaching people to fish for a living because I go stand on the side of the lake and I make some casts or I go to the river or whatever. Or I might go for a hike and just go see how many deer I can go find or whatever the case might be. But uh, but that's where my sanity comes from. And the only reason I'm telling you all this is not that you think I'm insane because it's quite possible that I'm slightly insane. It's to tell you that when I need to be grounded again, when I need to be brought back to center, when I need to be in a better mood, the easiest and most consistent way for me to do that is to get outdoors. And I'm not generally a believer that the outdoors are at their best unless you interact with them. So that's one of my key things about conservation as a as a, as a concept, so to speak, is that I think people see more value in the outdoors when they interact with the outdoors, not just sit and look at it. Now, sitting and looking at it could be interaction, okay? It could be, you know, there's definitely days when I'll go sit out here on the side of the lake and just watch everything go on around me. But more often than not, I want to interact, right? I want to call an animal in, uh, not just necessarily to harvest that animal per se, but to interact with that animal. I want to see them. I want to. I want them to see me. I want to catch fish, but I want to let a lot of them go. Still going to eat a few of them. I'm a realist. I'm occasionally going to harvest an animal. I'm going to eat some fish. Absolutely, 100%. But I still like to go through the motions without necessarily the harvest. It's not about the harvest. It's not about catching the fish. It's about being out and interacting with nature. And to be honest, in today's angling, when I walk down there, angling might even be a stretch. You might even have to call it fishing because I didn't try hard enough to really consider angling. One of the things that was funny is I kept getting follows from trout. And I knew that if I just wound my bait nice and even, the trout would follow it. Well, I did that over and over again just to watch them following it because if they bite it, then I got to unhook them. <laughs> and I know they're a bunch of 8 to 12-inch stalkers. I can see them. And so it's just more fun to play with them a little bit. And don't even get them to bite. Just get them to follow right up to your feet and watch them look goofy for a minute. you know. And that kind of stuff makes me laugh. And then I come back to the house and I feel a whole bunch better again. And you know, watching the, the, the mom deer out here that are weaning the babies, and they're mean. They straight up kick them. The babies don't understand. And a lot of people say, oh, that's hard to watch. It's cruel. No, it's not. It's very therapeutic to watch Mother Nature be Mother Nature. Those babies need to learn to fend for themselves, and their moms have to give them tough love, or they won't learn to fend for themselves. They'll keep trying to nurse on mom. So I find it 100% fascinating to watch all of that go down, and it's very therapeutic to me. So as we sit here and stare down the, the barrel of a, of a holiday that is for whatever reason, at least the United States, been morphed into a very commercial holiday. 
Um, I find myself pushing back on that more and more and more and spending more and more time with people and less and less buying things for people. And just for the record, the other thing I'll throw out there besides the outdoors for me uh, in my group is is we love to cook. A bunch of my friends love to cook as well. And in fact, the gifts that I did buy for people this year that I got for other people were ingredients because that leads to experience, right? If I give somebody ingredients uh, that they can cook with, then I know that they will do that and they'll enjoy it with their family and their friends. And obviously you're probably listening to this going, well, you didn't give your friends fish and tackle? Well, that would be a serious lack of imagination on my behalf, uh, considering I've been in the fishing business as long as I have, and I've doled out a lot of fishing tackle over the years. Uh, But when it comes to buying stuff for people these days, it tends to be outdoor-related uh, ancillary gifts, the stuff that make them enjoy their time outdoors more than fishing tackle specifically. So stuff to keep you comfortable in the outdoors, stuff to make your harvest better, uh, things like that are what I gravitate to these days when it, when my own gift giving. But like I said earlier, it's really more about giving of your time to somebody else. And I also start thinking a little bit about goals for next year and um, because again, I've got basically a down week this week between Christmas and Thanksgiving, or excuse me, Christmas and New Year's like a lot of you do. Um, I'll spend a lot of that week working on my goals for next year and that'll be very introspective. It'll be very personal for me. Uh, it's not something I discuss with a lot of people per se, but it's something that I look at and have a heart to heart with myself. And when I think back at the seasons and particularly the older I get, I always look back at how the whole season went from, from when we started guiding at the beginning of the year all the way until now, uh, all of our road trips for filming, whatever it is we went and did, I look back at all of that and it always comes back, especially the older I get to the people, not the fish, not the places even, the people along the way. The places are a major part of it, but the people along the way and uh, that, that I shared boat time or, or riverside time or hunting time or whatever the case might be with, all of the places those occur are really cool places, don't get me wrong. And I dearly love to travel and I dearly love to be outdoors, but I, it, when it really comes down to it, it's the people I spend that time with. So if I'm gonna throw out any advice for you for next year, not that I have any room to give you any advice, uh, but I'm gonna throw it out there anyway. Uh, and that is fish with some new people, uh, fish with your close people, take time to fish with people who are close to you, but they may fish totally different than you. Um, whatever the case might be, whatever barrier it is, it's keeping you from fishing with more people. I say try to remove that barrier, barrier and do it. I'm a loner at heart, which is kind of strange for a guy who's very public like I am. But when push really comes to shove, I'm very, very happy alone. And Certainly when I'm home, I'm happier being alone in a lot of cases. But when I'm in the field, there's something about having somebody around that I really like. Uh, it's it's something to share the experience with and, and, and all of that. And it really just makes it richer for everybody involved, or at least me. And, and I like to think of the other people as well. So my advice is to, to focus on that this coming year and maybe even this week during the holidays. If you've got some open water or some new ice around you and you can get out on the water, do it and consider taking someone that's either new to fishing or like I said, that fishes different than you or somebody you've never fished with before, maybe a coworker even, whatever the case might be. But I think you'll find it's good for you. Uh, it's good for the soul and 
just in general, um, it will be uh, well-received, let's just say, all the way around. And when life gets you down, um, whether it be during the holidays, I know this is a time of year that sometimes people get stressed out, just go outside. Just go outside. Go find a place outside and fish for 10 minutes. Go for a walk. Do something. Get away from... Uh, whatever the city is driving you nuts and get outside if at all possible. And I want to throw out one thing. I am very, very lucky to live rurally and therefore I don't have to go far to do it. But if I did or when I did live in town, taking a five-minute drive to get out of town and get to the first open space and whatever I could, even if it's a pond in town that's got some resident ducks and geese around it, just being around wildlife. I don't even like geese. To be honest with you, Canada geese are one of my least favorite animals in the entire world because I live where they're annoying. But at the end of the day, they're still animals. They're still comforting to spend some time around them. And uh, and it's just uh, it's one of those things that can't really be described. So I'm going to recommend you do that. If uh, if you really want to give a gift some, to somebody, give your time. That is the most important gift. And I unfortunately get pulled lots of directions because of my line of work. Uh, people want me to donate time for various causes, things like that. And I do as many of those as I can within realistic time limits. But it's my way of giving back to the industry that's helped me out is to volunteer my time. So I emcee, you know, fundraising banquets for conservation groups and do a fair bit of public teaching and speaking. And all of those things um, are kind of me giving back to the industry a little bit that has let me get as far as I have. The only reason I've ever been able to succeed in the fishing business, if you want to call what I'm doing succeeding, is because I can talk and fish at the same time and I'm a natural teacher. And it's what I love to do. It doesn't matter if I'm talking about cooking, hunting, fishing, driving. I dearly love to drive anything, cars, motorcycles, boats. If it's fast and handle good, I love to drive it. You want to learn about driving? I'll be glad to talk with you about driving too. Boat setup, electronics, anything it is that I feel like I have a little bit of knowledge of, I love to try to share it and pass it on. And to me, it's exceptionally rewarding to do so. And uh, I feel like it would be for you as well. So that's the gift that I'm going to recommend you give, if at all possible this year, is to give your skills and your knowledge and your time to someone whose skills and knowledge may not be quite as high as yours. In fact, their time might not be even as valuable because they have more free time than you and you might work a lot, but still take the time and get somebody out if you can. So that's my little bit of life advice for as we roll into Christmas right here. It's not all, life isn't all about the things, it's about the experiences, and the older I get, the more I recognize that. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't pass on some little snippets of knowledge. So let's do that real quick. I mentioned a few minutes ago that I was I was winding a bait knowing that I could just wind it and the trout would follow it. The funny part is I go to tell my neighbor, they do that two or three times in a row watching the trout. And and he's watching the whole thing go down. And he's like, well, how would you get one to bite? And I said, well, all you got to do is change the speed or direction of the bait and they'll immediately bite it. He says, really? So the next one, I'm winding the bait. He's following. I'm just winding a little marabou jig, and I'm just winding it straight in. And I'm winding it. Sure enough, here comes a 10-inch stalker come charging up behind it. And he's following it, following it, following it, following it. And all I did was stop the reel, and the bait beeline straight for the bottom. He disappeared, and just about the time it went out of sight, he smacked it. Easy peasy. So if you want to work on some things for the new year, here's a couple things to work on. 
Mix up your retrieves. Nothing in nature goes in a dead straight line for 50 yards at a time the same way over and over again. Yet I stand and watch people fish on the side of the lake here behind my house and I see a guy make the same cast over and over and over and wind the same bait the same way and they expect a different result and don't get it. Mix up your retrieves a lot in the coming year. Um, on guide trips, I see the same thing. I get a guy in the boat, the same retreat, even when I'm trying to explain to him, hey, let's mix these retrieves up. What do I mean by mix them up? Well, mix up my reeling speed or the direction my rod's pointed, be that up or down or one side or the other, is going to change how that lure moves through the water column. Constantly mixing that up and being cognizant of what happens when you do that is a great way to advance your angling. You watch some of the best anglers in the world and their retrieves are no two of them are exactly the same. And if they are exactly the same, it's because they've dialed that one in knowing that that's the one that'll get bit the best. So in the case of these stalker trout, anything that moves in a straight line and even motion is an excellent way to get them to follow it. But anything that's got a sudden stop or a sudden change in direction or a sudden increase in speed or anything like that, you can get them to bite. And that's all on you as an angler. So that's one little piece of advice for this coming year is really focus on mixing up your retrieves. So easy to get complacent, start lobbing that crankbait out across there and just winding it in or the inline spinner making the same angle in the river and winding it across the current every time the same or, or dragging that tube jig on the bottom the same every time. Well, maybe every few feet you need to snap that thing up hard off the bottom and see if that all of a sudden provokes a bite. And maybe you need to work that into your retrieves. Maybe you need to be dragging it more tip up so when you drag it towards you, it lifts from the bottom and then swings back to the bottom. Whatever the case might be, be cognizant of it and mix it up a lot. Don't do the same thing over and over and over again unless you're catching fish every time. At which point, obviously, you've got the right retrieve and stick with that. But that's something I think that a lot of people miss and it's so simple, doesn't cost a dime, and not asking you to go buy a fancy new lure. I'm just saying be cognizant of your retrieve and mix it up on a regular basis. And it doesn't matter if we're on a bottom contact or an ice fishing retrieve vertical through in the hole or or a you know a bait that's high in the water column or even a topwater bait. Mixing up the retrieve will get you more bites. Another thing for next year that I think you should focus on, and, and when I say I think you should focus on it, I'm assuming you want to grow as an angler. You probably wouldn't tune in to a whole lot of my content because my only goal is to inspire you to fish more and teach you to catch a few more fish. And another way to get you to catch more fish is to teach you to line watch. And this is one that is one of my biggest things in guide trips, particularly in, in the early half of the season when we do a lot of jigging. Watching your line makes all the difference in the world, and yet a small percentage of guys that I fish with are really good at that. I was just standing on a dock a couple of days ago fishing with my camera guy, Tim, one of my absolute closest friends. We're both fly fishing. Again, we're trying, he's looking for a couple of trout in the 14-inch range to smoke and turn into trout dip for the holidays. Great strategy, by the way, sharing your catch with family and friends. He's making a big thing of smoked trout dip to take to his family Christmas party. But I was going over there to help him uh, harvest a few of these trout real quick. And we stand there and talk and, and sip on a beer and, and, and try to catch a fish or two real quick. Well, we got the line laying out, the fly cast, the floating fly line, throw it out there. Got a little tiny sinking, uh, relatively quickly sinking little wet fly on there. Throw it out, floating fly line. 
I caught maybe 20 trout in the span of two hours on this deal. And again, these are just average size fish from 10 to 15 inches. It's not a hero story. But how I caught all of those trout, almost every single one of them, I saw the fly line swim away. The fly line's laying out on the surface. The tip of the line is sinking as the, as the fly sinks, it pulls the leader under. I'm using a fluorocarbon leader on a floating line. So the leader gets pulled under by the fly and it sinks. And as it's sinking down, you just watch it pull the tip of the fly line down. And all of a sudden it'll either pull straight away from you or swim off to one side uh, or just stop sinking. Uh, that's another one. But in all cases, you go straight to the hook set. You're not going to feel them. I don't have any tension on the line at all. It's all about line watching. And it's the same thing in uh, conventional tackle, particularly with jigs or bottom contact baits, uh, baits, any bait that's sinking on its way down through the water column, like the power switch that I spent so much time fishing with this year, that Berkeley power switch. A lot of those bites, I saw the line jump or saw the line swim off to one side instead of feeling it. I've said forever that if you only catch the fish you feel, you're going to catch a small percentage of the fish. So as you think about improving your angling next year, the two things I think you should think about are varying up your retrieves, whether it be angles, retrieve speeds, rod angle, uh, all of that stuff. Varying up your retrieves and watching your line a lot. If you do those two things and really learn to watch that line for subtle clues, um, you will you will be uh, a much better angler. And the line watching thing is especially, I mean, you got to get the bite before you can detect them. So retrieving, you know, mix them through retrieves is important, but the line watching, it doesn't matter how many bites you get if you don't feel them and you don't see them. And again, I catch more fish by watching my line by a large margin every year than I do by feeling them. And in fact, more often than not, I have to tell my clients to set the hook on guide trips because they're not watching their line. That's how important it is um, for, you know, in angling in terms of catching. So those two things are important. To that end, that is why I'm such a giant proponent of Costa's sunglasses. It's not the fancy frames they make. It's not the style and all that. It's not the certainly not the image. I've been fishing with Costa's since no one had ever even heard of them. I went to college in Daytona. The company was founded in 1983. I went to college in Daytona and in the early 90s, and it was a tiny little company, and I nobody had ever even heard of Costa sunglasses. And I tried them on, and I'm like, geez. Hey, these things are really good for fishing. And even back then, I fished a lot. And yes, I'm old. We're talking about the early 90s here. Uh, the, the glasses made a giant difference. And I've been wearing them ever since. This is not a pro staff endorsement or something like that. I've been wearing Costas for way longer than my 20-year fishing career, which didn't really get started until the early 2000s. So that's why. Because they're so good at the cutting the glare between the surface of the water and my line and allows me to see my line. It's not always about seeing fish. It's not always about seeing the bottom or a weed line. And all those things are important at times. But watching your line is always important. And that's where the glasses come in. And in fact, I've said before that probably the single most um, what would I say? How do I put this? The about the only thing that's been on every single episode of Fishful Thinker from the get-go since 2009 when we started airing on TV uh, has been my Costas. Every single episode. There has never been an episode that aired that I wasn't wearing them because I don't fish without glasses. I don't fish in anything but Costas. And 
without those glasses, you're fishing blind, so to speak. And so I don't do it. And that's something else I think uh, that should tell you right there how important it is that you have line watching stuff. So having said that, if you're going to buy yourself a gift, I recommend the Green Mirror 580 lens. It's my favorite lens all the way around. Um, but no, that's not, uh, that is not a gratuitous plug. That is an actual thing. A, the Green Mirror 580 lens for freshwater fishermen is very, very good lens and it's what I wear all the time. People ask me about once a month, so there you have it. I told you right now. So Christmas, the holidays, share your outdoors with the folks, share your time with some folks that maybe don't get to spend as much time outdoors or for your own health, maybe go with guys that fish more than you. That's the other side of that equation. I keep talking about give your time to somebody else but maybe reach out to somebody that's better at certain things than you are. That's how I always learn. When I need to learn a new way to fish or a new, new technique or something else, I'll reach out to anybody that I deem to be better at it than me and go spend some time fishing with them. It's very important. That's how I learn new stuff, same as you guys do. So if you know a guy, you've been thinking about fly fishing or you've been thinking about learning some new technique or whatever the case might be, and you know somebody that's good at it, maybe put them on the spot. Make them tell you no. See if they'll teach you. Uh, I'm always flattered when somebody asks me if I can teach them something new. And, uh, and I think it, it's good for people to be asked at times for that. It's kind of validating what they've spent their time learning. And you probably grow yourself as an angler. So I'll stop rambling, guys. It's Christmas weekend at this point. It's Friday afternoon. Everybody's probably getting off work and getting ready to go into the weekend. So I want to give you a big, giant, heartfelt thank you for following in this whole year. Um, we've had a good run. We've done, what are we at? I guess we're at 51 podcasts so far this year, and that's pretty good. I'm pretty happy about that. We did 26 television shows. It's been a busy year, same as always, bunch of guide trips. Uh, but we're looking forward to next year, new waters, new podcasts, new guide trips, all of that stuff. So if you guys want to follow along, we would appreciate that very much at Fistful Thinker on Facebook. Also, TikTok and Instagram, uh, our YouTube channel. We're still putting at least one and sometimes as many as three videos per week on the YouTube channel. So we'd love to have you check that out and subscribe while you're there. We're going to continue to do that for sure for this coming year. And then new seasons of Fishful Thinker Television debut on Altitude Sports and Entertainment Network as well as World Fishing Network, uh, on depending on your cable provider around the country. And they also... Uh, stream in a couple of spots as well. So hopefully you'll check those out. Guys, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever it is that applies to you. Appreciate it very much. And this has been Fishful Thinker, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>